once again to the Ezekiel 3710 podcast. Dennis is here today to bring you words of hope and encouragement. Let's open in prayer. Father, thank you for your word. I pray, Father, that you'd help me. I pray that you'd help us all to understand your word. Open our ears. Open our spiritual eyes. Father, that we may gain understanding according to your word. Father, your word is the word of promise. And Father, as we apply it to our lives today, as we read it, as we hear it, as we think about it and meditate on it, Father, may it bring life to us. May it bring health to us, Father. May it in strength, may it strengthen us and may it enlighten us that we can walk in its ways. We can walk in your paths because of the power of your Spirit working in us, Father. Give us instruction this day, we pray. Encourage our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. In 1 Samuel, the 21st chapter, David is running from Saul. David has been anointed to be the next king, but there's a present king, and Saul, the current king, is enraged, he's jealous, he's angry. He is seeking to uh, destroy David, and David is beginning a life of um, running from Saul, and it's going to be the next chapter of his life. As he runs for his from Saul for his life, he has got to learn to trust in God. David had proven that God was his Lord. David had already slain Goliath. He had slain a bear. He had slain a lion. He had already seen the power of God working in his life. And God was about to take him into another phase of his life, another phase of training. And it was the time of where he is running from Saul and he runs to the camp of the Philistines. Now, Goliath had been a Philistine. He was the leader of the Philistines. And it's interesting that David, not knowing which way to go, not knowing which direction to move into, he begins to go in a direction that God delivers him from, but it's interesting, it probably wasn't the wisest choice. So it says in verse 10, 1 Samuel 21, Then David arose and fled that day from before Saul and went to Achish the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said to him, Is this not David the king of the land? Did they not sing about him to one another in dances, saying that Saul has slain his his thousands and David his ten thousands? So here David is coming into this Philistine encampment running from one enemy and he runs into the encampment of another. But they recognize, the enemy of God recognized that David, and they said, is this not David, the king of, of Israel? You see, the enemy will recognize the call of God upon your life, even if you have not fulfilled it yet. If you're called to be something or to go somewhere, if you're called to be an encourager, Even if you're discouraged, you are still called to be an encourager in the midst of discouragement. And the enemy knows what you're called to be. He knows what God wants you to become and what the call of God is upon your life. So he will continually try to keep you discouraged. So here we see that the enemy saw the call of God on David's life. 
even though David may not have seen it being fulfilled right at that moment. Usually the call of God is spoken into your heart. God puts that that desire in your heart way before it's ever accomplished. Now remember that fear and uncertainty will cause a change in your behavior. So many times, if we allow fear and uncertainty to affect us, it not only affects our thoughts, but it will affect our actions. So if you look here and you follow, it says that in verse 12, Now David took these words to heart. In other words, he internalized these negative comments And he internalized them, and he said, And he was very much afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. Verse 13, So he changed his behavior before them, pretended madness in their hands, scratched on the doors of the gate, and let saliva run down on his beard. Quite a picture of the next king. He's acting insane, Saliva running down on his beard, and he's going around, and he's scratching on the doors of the gate. Then Achish said to his servants, Look, you see the man is insane. He was doing a convincing performance. Why have you brought him to me? Have I need of madmen? That you have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? So, in this situation, David is, um, he runs from one problem, one enemy, and he runs into the encampment of another enemy, realizes that he's in trouble, and he plays the madman in the next, in this situation. So, God is about to deliver him out of the second situation that he finds himself in. And I want you to understand, or or look at this, that the calling of God, as I mentioned before, the calling of God follows you, even in your situations where you may not seem, it may not seem like you're accomplishing what God has called you to do. The calling of God does not leave. It does not go away. And it will be fulfilled in our lives if we will continue to trust in the Lord. So, we begin chapter 22. It's a, continu- it's a continuation of the story. 1 Samuel 22, verse 1. David therefore departed from there and escaped. So he escapes from Saul. He escapes from the Philistines. And now David is escaping and he goes to the cave of Adullam. So it says, so when his brothers and all his father's household heard about it, that they went down to him. You know, David is in a place where he probably feels like he can't take care of himself, let alone someone else. You ever been there? Where discouragement and running for your life and just trying to survive. And next thing you know, you've got all this, these other responsibilities. God is, is, David had leadership on his life. And other people were in situations very similar to David's. But David had been appointed to be their leader. So now here comes his family, his father's household, 
They come down to him. And then verse 2, it says, And everyone who is in distress, everyone who is in debt, everyone who is discontented, gathered to him. Um, very, very tough situation for David. How's he going to provide for these men? And it says there were about 400 men who came to him. Later on, it says about these men, it says that they became the mighty men of God. So when you look at people that are discouraged and discontent, when you look at people who are in debt, when you look at people who have no hope, people who are also running from the very same thing that you're running from, they were running from Saul also. So they come, they come down, they gather together, and they begin to, they, they, misery loves misery. Unfortunately, that's true. But in the midst of all this, God wants us to arise to a place to where we can become those that God says, I want you to feed them. I want you to help them. I want you to encourage them. Um, it's not easy being surrounded by difficult circumstances. Only in those times can God be our encouragement. In those times is the times where we need to find that God is our encouragement and that God is our help. Because I promise you, God is an ever-present help in time of trouble. Now, when you're in distress, when you're, in discour you're discouraged, what do you usually do? Complain <laughs> or cry out to God? I would suggest that when you're in a place where things seem impossible, that you cry out to the living God. This is what David does. And the reason we know that he did this is because in the Psalms, David wrote many of the Psalms in the book of uh, Psalm 142. Psalm 142, this is a Psalm that David wrote when he was in, it's a, it's a copy of his prayer that he called to God, that he prayed to God, God when he was in the cave of Adullam. Psalm 142. I'm going to read this, and I just want to, I want to point out a couple things here. I cry to the Lord with my voice. With my voice to the Lord, I make my supplication or my request, his prayer. I pour out my complaint before him. I declare before him my trouble. Suggestion here, we should be complaining to God, not to each other. We should be complaining to God because we can't fix each other. We can't fix the circumstance that we're in. Only God can deliver us from the circumstance that we're in. And then look at verse 3. Psalm 142, verse 3. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then you knew my path in the way which I walk. When my spirit was overwhelmed, God, you knew where I was at. You knew the way in which I walk. They have secretly set a snare for me, speaking of his enemies. But look at verse 4. Look on my right hand and see for there is no one who acknowledges me. Now look, in that day, what they would do is they would go out to battle and the man on your right hand would have this, the, 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 the shield in his left hand and they would stand close together and the shield that was in the, the one man's hand in his left hand would become the shield 
on your right hand. They would go out to battle together, and they would stand as a cohesive force, encouraging and protecting each other in battle. But here David makes this interesting thing. He says that there is nothing, there is no one who acknowledges me, look on my right hand and see this. David was making a statement here. He says, no one's on my right hand, I'm all alone. No one is there to protect me. No one is there to be a shield to me. I'm all alone. He says, refuge, a place of safety has failed me and no one cares for my soul. You know, when we're in difficult circumstances, you can feel alone and you can feel like no one cares for your soul. But God does. God cares for your soul. He cares for your circumstances. And God himself is at your right hand. He's stating, he's stating here, and he says, no one is at my right hand. No one cares for my soul. I cried to you, O Lord, and I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Not when I get to heaven, but right here, today, while I'm breathing, in the land of the living, you are my portion, O Lord. I love that. It's a good prayer. This is a good one to pray in times of distress. Attend to my cry, he's continuing, verse 6, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are what? They are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise your name. The righteous shall surround me, for you shall deal bountifully for me. So here's what he's saying. He's saying, right now, I'm surrounded by foes, but by faith I declare I will pray and I will believe and I will declare that the righteous shall surround me and you, for you, shall deal bountifully with me. That's faith. That's faith in a prayer. Faith in a prayer towards God, not in empty words, but faith towards God, towards the God who can change your circumstances. Even if you're fleeing from the enemy right now, you may be fleeing from something that is getting you down, depressed, discouraged, but God is always there. He's always for us. Now, in Psalm 16, if you would turn to it, if you have your Bible, turn to Psalm 16. I want to point something out, and I want to underline this. Um, this is also a Psalm of David. And David says in Psalm 16, starting with verse 8, I have set the Lord always before me. In other words, he's saying, I'm going to remember this thing. I'm going to set God before me. I'm going to put his word before me, what he has said. I'm going to remember the promises of God. He goes on, he says, because he is at... Now watch this. We just talked about this, being, God being at, at David's right hand. David is saying, he says, there's no man at my right hand to protect me. But look what he says here in Psalm 16. He says, because he, capital H-E, speaking of God, is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Do you, do you see God 
at your right hand as your protector, as the one who will establish you in whatever it is that God has called you to do. We need to see God, not man, at our right hand. We need to see God at that place of strength, that place of power, that place of protection. I mean, God is at our right hand, and he protects us by his shield. He says, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Now, we know that the right hand, God at our right hand, is a, a, God, a God of strength, a God of position, of power. But at our right hand, he also defends us with his shield. He defends us, and he is our strength, and he is our fortress, and we can trust in him. But now look at this last thing here. It says, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. I have set the Lord always before me. Here's my encouragement to you. Don't look at circumstances. Don't look at the cave. Don't look at the Philistines. Don't look at Saul. Don't look at any of these circumstances. All three of them seem like they left much to be desired. But if we will begin to say, I have set the Lord, you have to, you have to mentally set God at your right hand. You have to understand he's there. He's always for you. He said he would never leave you. He would never forsake you. We take a mental picture of where God is at in our life and we begin to confess it. Just as David was doing here in Psalm 16, he says, it was a prayer. He says, I have set the Lord. I have, I have determined that God is at my right hand and I will not be moved. There it says, I will not be shaken. Hallelujah. In verse 9, now watch this. Closing with this verse. This is therefore. Therefore. Because why? Because God's at my right hand. Man may not be. Man may not be uh, reliable. Man may have abandoned me. Man may be trying to pursue me. But I tell you, I promise you, if you can acknowledge that God is at your right hand... You will not be shaken. You will not be moved. And then verse 9 says, Therefore, my heart is glad, and my glory, my soul, my strength rejoices. Hallelujah. Therefore, my heart is glad, and I rejoice before God. And look, this last sentence says, And my flesh, my, my body, my flesh, my this part of me that I can touch, it will also rest in hope. It will rest in hope. You see, God has, he desires us even in the midst of the problems. Even if you're sleeping in a cave, you can write a song. You can write a song in the cave and you can say, my flesh, my, my soul, my body will rest in in hope. Amen. God is a good God. I'm going to close in prayer. Father, help us to remember that you are our hope. Help us to remember that no matter where we're at, whether we're running from Saul, whether we're at the camp of the Philistines, whether we're in a cold um, cave, a damp cave, a dark cave, Father, whatever the situation is, Father, even if you send others to us, help us to be faithful to lead. Help us to be faithful to encourage. Help us to be faithful to believe that you are at my right hand. Men may not be there, but you're there. And you're more reliable than any man, Father. We thank you for that. And cause our flesh to rest in hope. We give you thanks and praise, Father, this day 
for you are a mighty God, and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessings, and uh, may you have a, a, a great week, and go with God. Amen.